Our scripture today comes from the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy. We're in chapter 30, beginning in verse 15. Moses says, See, I have set before you today life and prosperity, death and adversity. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I'm commanding you today, by loving the Lord your God, walking in his ways, and observing his commandments, decrees, and ordinances, then you shall live and become numerous. And the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering to possess. But if your heart turns away and you do not hear, but are led astray to bow down to other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall perish. You shall not live long in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I've set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Choose life so that you and your descendants may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying him, and holding fast to him, for that means life to you and length of days, so that you may live in the land that the Lord swore to give to your ancestors, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Almighty and everlasting God, Lord, we thank you for this day, and we thank you for your word, for your commandments, for your decrees. Help us not only to hear that word, but to heed that word. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, the ability to make concise and accurate decisions is one of the great secrets of successful living. Those of you who are sports fans will appreciate the story of a college football team whose starting quarterback was injured on first down. The number two quarterback didn't even dress out that day because he was sick. That left the third string quarterback, a freshman who also did the team's punting but had never seen any game action as a quarterback. Well, the coach had no choice. He had to throw him into the fray. It's now second down. The ball is resting on their team's own three-yard line. The coach's main thought was to get them away from the goal line so that they would have room to punt outside of danger. Coach turns to the young freshman quarterback and says, Son, I want you to hand off to Jones, our big fullback, over the next two plays. Just have him run up the middle, get enough yardage so that we can punt on the fourth down. Okay? So, you got that? I want you to hand off to Jones for the next two plays and then punt. All right, got it. Young quarterback did as he was instructed. On the first play, he handed off to Jones, but miraculously, Jones found a hole and went for 50 yards down the middle of the field. The young quarterback called the same play again. And once more, miracle of miracles, the hole was there again, and he ran 45 yards down to the opposing team's two-yard line. They are six feet away from getting into the end zone, confidently. The team lined up quickly, and the young quarterback received the snap, stepped back, and punted the football into the stands. As the team came off the field, the coach angrily grabs his young quarterback and says, what in the world were you thinking when you called that last play? The quarterback answered back, I was thinking, what a dumb coach we have. (laughs) Well, at least the young quarterback was good at taking orders. The truth of the matter is that many coaches today do not want their quarterbacks making decisions. Even in the NFL, quarterbacks rarely call their own plays. In fact, there are receivers in the helmets so that the coaches can call the plays in to the quarterbacks. Now, obviously, we're not here to talk about 
football this morning. But there's an important point here we need to see about our relationship with God. God has paid us the ultimate compliment. He allows us to call our own plays. God allows us to make our own decisions. When he created us in his own image, this was primary among the characteristics with which God endowed us, the ability to choose. In the Garden of Eden, God gave Adam and Eve everything they needed to sustain their lives. But in the middle of that garden, he planted a tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. In the moment he did that, he provided Adam and Eve with an opportunity to make a choice. They could heed his instructions and live forever in paradise, or they could eat the forbidden fruit and die. What an absurd choice, you say. Who would ever choose death over life? Yet people make that choice all the time. It's been more than 50 years since the following notice first appeared on cigarette packs, warning, the Surgeon General has determined that cigarette smoking is dangerous to your health. It marked a turning point in our society. Suddenly we had to face the fact that the link between tobacco and lung cancer, as well as heart disease, high blood pressure, and a host of other diseases was scientifically established. Did people quit smoking when that warning appeared? Some did. And millions didn't. Because it's a hard habit to kick. And that habit was too well established. But knowing what we know now, why would anyone ever choose to vape or smoke? Why choose death when you can choose life? And yet there are people who will start smoking this year. They will start smoking this week. They'll start smoking today. I have my own struggles with french fries <laughs> and ice cream and pizza and ice cream, and cheeseburgers, and ice cream. <laughs> Others struggle to moderate their intake of alcohol, or they abuse drugs, thinking, ah, it'll be okay, nothing's ever going to happen to me. Many more examples, of course, could be used. Some of us face a choice every day with a variety of unhealthy habits. Who in the world would choose death over life? And yet, so many of us do. That was true 3,500 years ago, just as much as it's true today. So it's with great urgency that Moses called the people of Israel together, and he issued this earnest plea. He said, this day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice, and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life. And he will give you many years in the land he swore to give to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. One of the keys to successful Christian living is the realization that God has given us the freedom to choose our own destinies. He has given us free will. But these freedoms go far beyond what we put in our bodies. A social worker in San Jose, California, tells of knocking at the door of a decrepit home and a woman opened the door a crack, put her foot up against it, and said through the opening, you needn't come in here. Me and my husband don't take no interest in nothing. What a pitiful description of persons who've given up control of their lives. We don't take no interest in nothing. Nothing? 
Bishop Will Willimon, who I've referenced many times from this pulpit, tells of seeing a movie years ago in which one of the leading players led a tragic life, careening from one disaster to the next, never able to hold a job or support his family or keep any friends. He finally dies in a tavern brawl. And at his death, one of the men who had tried in vain to befriend him and help him get his life in order said, Joe died almost like he was born. He came into this world kicking and screaming and fighting and understanding nothing, and he went out of this world fighting without the slightest notion of what he was put here for or where he was going. A pitiful record of another life out of control. God has given us the ability to take control of our own lives. We can choose our own destinies. Every study of great leaders has emphasized their decisiveness. They knew where they were going, and they made the decisions necessary to get there. A cartoon that was in the newspapers years ago called Barry's World says it well. It shows a picture of a down-and-out vagrant sitting on a sidewalk, and beside him is this large sign that reads, Keeping my options open. Thank you. I mean, it'd be nice to go through life with always having our options open, but there are moments when we have to make hard choices. Some of you may remember one of Uncle Remus's delightful stories about Br'er Rabbit. I know, I know the stories of Br'er Rabbit are considered racist today, and I totally get that, but they also contain much wisdom growing out of African-American culture in the 1800s. They were part of Gullah storytelling along the South Carolina coast and even have roots in West African countries like Sierra Leone, Senegal, and Ghana, and others. And in this particular story, Br'er Rabbit is invited to dinner on the same evening at the same hour from both Br'er Terrapin and Br'er Possum. There he stands hungrily at the crossroads. Do I eat with Br'er Terrapin or do I eat with Br'er Possum? First, he runs down the road to Br'er Possums. But before he gets to his house, he changes his mind and decides, I'm going to go have dinner with Br'er Terrapin. So he starts running that way. And then he changes his mind again and goes back to Br'er Possum. And he just keeps going back and forth, forth and back, unable to make a decision until finally he misses dinner at both places. There are many persons who are living their lives like Br'er Rabbit with no firm destination for their lives, no vital commitment, no beckoning call. In the words of Elijah, how long will you limp between two opinions? Or in the words of Joshua, if you are unwilling to obey the Lord, then choose this day who you will obey. One of the keys to successful living is the realization that God has given us the freedom to choose our own destinies. This brings us to the second point, and it's, it's a hard one. While we are free to make our own choices, we do have to live with the consequences of those choices. If we abuse the freedom we have, we will pay the price. You may know the story of the man who was caught driving 40 miles an hour in a school zone. He was fined $100. The clerk offered him a receipt when he paid the fine. He said, why in the world would I want a receipt for a traffic violation? The clerk said, oh, because with four of these, you get a bicycle to ride. That's a sad truth about life. If you do the crime, you're going to do the time. Pastor Ed Sasnett tells about a family of six named Ferguson from Laguna Hills, California, that took a trip of a lifetime several years ago. 
It was a 10-day cruise on Royal Caribbean's Legend of the Seas from Ensenada, Mexico to Hilo, Hawaii. But halfway through the cruise, the ship came to a sudden halt. Why? Well, it was the Ferguson's youngest daughter, Kelly, who was 20 years old, who was the reason why. You see, Kelly was homesick for her boyfriend back in California. She wanted to go back home instead of continuing on this family vacation. So she decided to leave a couple of fake terrorist threats in one of the women's restrooms in hopes that one of the ship's stewards would find them and the ship would return home. One of the notes said, I've been sent on a mission to kill all Americanos aboard Legend if we port on American soil. Well, indeed, someone found the notes, and the ship dropped anchor in waters off Oahu. There the ship was boarded by the FBI, 120 members of the Hawaii Joint Terrorism Task Force, and the Coast Guard. An intense search ensued for biological, chemical, and explosive weapons aboard the ship, as well as an interrogation of every single crew member and all 2,400 passengers on board. It cost the Coast Guard alone $336,000. Kelly Ferguson was quickly singled out as the source of the notes. She was indicted by a federal grand jury under the U.S. Patriot Act with two counts of threatening acts of terrorism, each count punishable by a maximum of 20 years in prison. Ultimately, though, she was sentenced to the minimum possible under the law, just two years in federal prison with no chance of early release. Now, do you think that young woman and her determination to get back to California to see her boyfriend would ever have thought she would create such a massive mess? Well, of course not, right? So many of the trials and tribulations of life are the result of bad decisions, unworthy actions, dishonest motives. And unfortunately, there's a price to be paid. Now, fortunately, God forgives us as all our misdeeds. Thanks be to God. But God does not suspend the law of consequences. What we sow, we reap. We have the freedom to choose, but with that freedom goes the responsibility to choose life and not death. Which brings us to the final thing to be said. There is one choice that surpasses all others in importance. That, of course, is the decision to choose Jesus Christ. When Moses instructed the children of Israel to choose life, he was impressing upon them that they should obey the commandments of God. To obey the commandments was life in Moses' teaching. Of course, Moses lived hundreds of years before Jesus, but these commandments from God set the stage for the decision that we would have to make. God has now given us his son, the Messiah, who said to us, I am the way, the truth, and the life. To choose Jesus is to choose life, eternal life, and that starts right now. Millions of people throughout the ages in countries all over the world have made that discovery, and it's the most important discovery they'll ever make. Now back to football. In the 1960s, there was a player in the NFL named John Bramlett. Bramlett was once known as the meanest man in the National Football League, a free agent who became a starting linebacker for the Denver Broncos in 1965. Bramlett was runner-up to Joe Namath for Rookie of the Year. He played in two Pro Bowls and in 1970 was named MVP of the New England Patriots. Off the field, however, his life was a mess. 
His family never knew when he left home whether he would come home drunk or end up in jail or come home at all because he was often involved in fights at the local bars. One day, some visitors came by the Bramlett home. They wanted to talk to John about Jesus. The impact of that visit changed John Bramlett's life. Suddenly, he turned from pursuing death to pursuing life. That's what repentance is. It's the exercise of our freedom to decide by God's grace for the things that are of eternal value. John Bramlett made that choice. He even became a Christian minister. Before his death in 2014, his life became a living testimony to the change that Christ can make in a person's life. But perhaps Bramlett's greatest testimony came through his son, Don, who also played in the NFL. Don still has a Christmas letter that he penned many, many years ago when he was in elementary school. The subject was, All I Want for Christmas. Here's what young Don Bramlett wrote about his father. He said, All I want for Christmas is for my family and me to have a very merry Christmas, like the past two Christmases we've had. My dad was out drinking and fighting three years ago, and we were all worrying about him and wondering when he would come back. While opening our presents, we were so miserable through those years. Now we have a happy and merry Christmas after my daddy accepted Jesus in his heart, and we have a lot to be thankful for. This is all I want for Christmas, and I've got it. I've set before you life and death, said Moses. Oh, but that you would choose life. Don Bramlett is certainly not the only person to ever pray a fervent prayer for a parent or a spouse or a child. It's an urgent plea that comes straight from the heart of God. It's directed to every single one of us. God has given us the gift of choice. Bad choices, of course, lead to negative consequences, but good choices, choosing Jesus, well, other choices seem to fall into place. Choose Christ. Choose life. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Will you pray with me? Most loving God, Lord, we thank you for sending your son, Jesus. And honestly, for the privilege and the trust that you give us to make our own choices. Help us to have the courage to choose Jesus, not just today, but every day, so that we might be more like him and follow him wherever he may lead us. In his most precious name we pray. Amen.